the hard shoulder on Newstalk with Nissan subscribe and drive no deposit no compromise no fuss find out more at nissan.ie you're welcome back to the show. Kieran Cudahy with you until 7 o'clock and I am delighted to welcome to studio this week for the Thursday interview, Keith Barry. Keith, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Um, I didn't kind of give you a title uh, because I want to ask you, how do you describe yourself when you meet people <laughs> and they don't know who you are and you say, oh God, yeah, Keith, Keith's my name, yeah. And what do you do, Keith? What's the answer? See, there's kind of a multitude of answers, I know, but I, I suppose first and foremost, I'd be known as a brain hacker at this stage, right? Mm. So brain hacker is a good term, but... I do a lot of things. So I'm also a hypnotist, a mentalist, a magician, a mind coach. Uh, so brain hacker is the term I use myself, you know. Do you lie sometimes? If you're in a taxi somewhere and, and he says, oh, what do you do? And you don't want to, you don't want, because you know, there's all, I, yeah, there's yeah. no way you say brain hacker <laughs> and there's not a follow up question. People just don't go, I, I all right, to, yeah, yeah. Brain I used hacker. to lie years ago. Like, uh, but uh, <laughs> since then, I kind of, I kind of enjoy saying it, especially when I'm abroad, right? So, yeah. like when you're somewhere, I don't know, like New York or somewhere, you jump into a yellow cab and, and you know, uh, and a New York taxi driver might ask you what you do and you say brain hacker and then, you know, you know you're going to get into it. Yeah. But I'm always prepared to do something what's, as well. What's the follow-up question? What do they ask? What is it? Well, very often it's like, can you hack my brain right now? <laughs> right? And I'm like, well, maybe not when you're driving, but when you pull <laughs> over, we, we'll do it. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I, like, I kind of, I never shy away from it these days. Mm. Uh, whereas years ago, I would have for that very reason, because I, I found it, um, I don't know, I was, uh, you're, you're under a lot of pressure when you say that mm. as well. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, but I don't mind. It What's days. your short then go-to hack when, 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 when the, the yellow cab driver... Well, I, I think especially with, with uh, cabbies, like generally speaking, I might do something with their watch, okay. um, just something super quick with their watch, change the time of their watch or something like that. Or, um, or like I might get them to think of a, a location and I'll try and figure out where that location is that they're thinking of or something like that. You know yeah. I mean? so, so, so something simple. I mean, part of the, the, the avoidance of it, like I guess that ebbed away a little bit, did it? As you just got more famous, it's harder for you here in Ireland to to say I'm an accountant in Grand Thornton. Yeah, but actually, weirdly, it's okay now because, like, yeah, I was just on Grafton Street a few minutes ago, and now that the masks are off, you know, people are starting to just, I suppose, recognise me again. Yeah, is, but very often with me, people will look at me. And then just stare at the ground because they're frightened that I'm going to do something. Quick, grab your wallet there. Grab your, watch your wallet there. I'm not Barry always over there. switched on. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't wander around hacking brains all day long or anything. Like, I'm just literally like a normal person going in and buying protein powder and just silly <laughs> stuff. Like, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so like the only time it gets annoying in Ireland, like I'll be honest with you, I wasn't even thinking this coming in here, but the only time it gets annoying is when uh, you're standing at a urinal. And a guy next to you goes, "Go on, Barry, do a oh, trick." Yeah, and and you get that more often than you think. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? so that's the only time I'm like, eh, maybe not. You know? Yeah, it's all the politics of the urinal is a strange one, isn't it? Do you Very. ever talk to anyone at the urinal? Oh, I'll talk to them, but I just won't brain hack them. At the <laughs> I don't mind. I'll chat away. I mean, I'll keep myself to myself. But if somebody uh, opens up a conversation, I'm more than happy to converse. Um. It's the enter. You're an entertainer ultimately, though. When you wrap all of that up together, mm. isn't it? Isn't that that's that's the job? Yeah, isn't it? like yeah, like I'd agree with you there. So for me, 
Look, I like to put a smile on people's face. How do I do that? With a mixture of like all of the aforementioned things that I said, but predominantly just bringing people into a, a moment of wonder where anything and everything can happen and generally does happen. But then they go away puzzled, mesmerized, whatever you want to call it, uh, having either had their brains hacked or, you know, I still love magic. Sometimes I do magic as well. Uh, but yeah, just entertain people and, and let them experience childlike wonder again, which mm. I think we all uh, kind of need these days. And was that, was that then, because uh, I know it's, it wasn't the first career you flirted with it with other mm. work with yeah, say yeah. normal work yeah. um but but was that always there beneath the surface the, yes. the, the kind of the desire to make people smile oh completely yeah so i got a paul daniels magic set when i was 5 so that's what <laughs> got my interest going if you like in magic and the real thing that you get back from magic is just transporting people into that world where anything can happen as I said so the bug bit if you like when I was five and then when I was 14 I bought a a hypnotism booklet a little pamphlet by a guy called E. Wolf and I read that and I started to dabble in hypnosis when I was 14 and then obviously continued it on from there so uh, but a bit at a very young age you know Um, When I talk about then the the flirtation with normal careers. What did you do? So I was a cosmetic scientist by trade. So I, I went to college in Galway, UCG at the time, which is obviously NUIG now. So yeah, I invented women's makeup, basically, <laughs> for them. Everything from biphasic eye makeup removers uh, right through to, uh, I had a whole men's range uh, at one stage, you know, uh, creams and emulsions and things like that. Um, so for me, um, you know, all the makeup artists out there, they ask me, how do you have such good skin as a man? I'm like, Oh, E45 cream, the cheapest cream out there. Just slap that on every day. Done. That's it. That's the secret to my skin. And was it was it disillusionment with, with that that kind of drove you back towards maybe the, the, the entertainment again, we'll call it, say magic initially. Uh, magic or, or, you know, was it something else? Yeah, I don't think it was disillusionment, but I'll tell you what it was. Like, I was doing magic all the time. So yeah. while I was in Oriflame, uh, and at the time they were based in Sandyford, I was like doing magic in the kitchen nightclub every Friday night. I was doing weddings. I was doing kids parties. And in the cosmetics world, right, rightfully so, there's no animal testing. But how do you test this, right? So nobody really talks about this. So I'm sure in other uh, cosmetics companies, they might get candidates. But actually, I was just testing this stuff myself. So I'd have to literally put on eye mascara and I'd be shaking up the bottle that I just made with yeah. all the different ingredients in it and testing it on myself to see did it sting, was it oily, uh, what it felt like, did it separate in the bottle, all this kind of stuff. And I was standing there one day looking at myself in the mirror going, is this what I really want in life? <laughs> Am I going to be putting on makeup? And, uh, and more to the power of men that put on makeup, fair play to you, but I'm just not one of those men who's yeah. born to be putting makeup on. So I just looked at it and went, okay, this is it. I'm going to jump full time into magic. So when I was 23, I jumped out. And you weren't the time. early 90s metrosexual, no? Uh, no, definitely not. No, I, was okay. more, I was more into fishing, which I slam now, you know. Are you, are you into fishing? Yeah, yeah. Fishing is my uh, headspace. That's how I get out of myself. Where do you go fishing? Everywhere. So I'm like mad about it. Um, so a lot of guys will just be fly fishing for salmon. But I'll, I'll winter fish for cod in Waterford in the Shore River. Uh, the cod run up the river and it becomes salty at high tide. So we catch big cod there. Uh, it's getting salmon season now. So I literally will go from here straight to Southside Angling and pick up, pick up my uh, salmon license. And then I'll start fishing for salmon probably after Paddy's Day. You won't really catch any right now. It mm. needs to warm up a little bit more. Um, so yeah, all kinds of fishing. And then during the summer, it'll be bass fishing or whatever I can go. It's all about timing for me. But honestly, that's 
how I meditate. That's how I get inside my own thoughts and just forget about the world. You and know? when you say forget, do you have the phone with you? Anything like that? I have the phone with me, but I, I, I won't answer it. You're not it. doom scrolling I, on Twitter, no? No, no, no. I'm not a scroller anyway. Uh, I never really got into, like, uh, into the, the tech stuff. Uh, you know, I just think it's very detrimental to your mm. mental health. I'm on there, right? I post there, but yeah. I don't really absorb the content that much, you know? Do they bring the kids fishing with you? Or, or, yeah. or, or oh, sorry, I was going to say, or is that the point? No, <laughs> no, no, home? it's both. It's both. So if I'm going on a long journey, like two and a half hours down the road to Bandon and Cork, they're not coming with me on that. So salmon fishing is very boring, right? Uh, I, mean, I suppose there's probably even listeners getting bored about me talking about salmon fishing, but ultimately salmon fishing can be very boring because you could fish for eight hours and not catch a fish. Yeah. Uh, but with the kids, I'll bring them on a boat or something where they're uh, pretty much guaranteed to catch a couple of mackerel or a pollock. And pollock what, or what, what, is, what is the level of fish in the river, say in the southeast where you're from? Because mm. we often hear about how, you know, the nitrates in those rivers that yeah, yeah. particularly pollute it. Yep. I remember speaking to a man who was, he actually caught a salmon. Or no, he didn't. He caught something else. I can't remember what it was, walking along the barrow mm. last summer. And uh, he was given out how rare it was that he would yeah, catch yeah. anything it's anymore. True. Yeah, so like the Nor where I used to fish a lot uh, that's turned into catch and release just in the last kind of three years there thereabouts uh, the fishing on the shore is actually reasonably good um, but like but reasonably good these days is like you know it's not mm. like what it should be and that's uh, you know for a whole host of different reasons the nitrates you mentioned that but actually uh, one of the biggest problems is actually the salmon farming uh, because the the sea lice get out and disease the the wild stocks and okay. and that's a huge problem. So the, the you know uh, for me for example I like to eat fish but I only eat wild caught fish which I know is another problem in and of itself again. But like uh, mm. I'll never eat a salmon uh, out of a supermarket unless uh, and any, organic means nothing by the way. That just means they're throwing at pellets that don't have like whatever bone marrow in it. So organic salmon is as bad as any other salmon unless it's wild Atlantic salmon. Uh, I'm not eating it. You know when I mentioned the kids. Um, you're away from home an awful lot, I guess. With but not in the last two job. years. Not in the last two years, that's true. Yeah, we might talk about that in a minute. But you, you would be normally, wouldn't you? Yeah, like I could spend four to six months of the year away sometimes. Um, How long a stretch it wouldn't go? But that, that's a good question because before I had kids, so, uh, you know, myself and Maraid have been together, I always forget, 28 years, something like that, right? Um, so before the kids, I could go away for... S- three months to LA come back for like a week and then go for another three months but I made a rule when the, before the kids were born so my uh, first child Brianna she's 13 now I made the rule that I wouldn't go away for longer than six weeks and I've stuck to that rule I've never gone away for longer okay. than six weeks at a time I did have to do a six week stretch one time down in Australia um, but any longer than that they'll either come to me or I'll come home because I feel like it's just too long mm. um, and I've stuck with that and that's worked really well for us as a family because you know six weeks is a long time but as the kids grow older you know they don't mind me going away they, they've they got their own things going on with their own friends no. and all that kind of stuff you, you probably I mean? have a really disheartening moment when you come back in the door after four or five weeks away and they kind of they look over their shoulder it's oh. exactly that yeah hi, hi dad yeah they don't run to hug me at the front <laughs> no. door I can tell you like so we're not that kind of family what's for dinner dad but you see the pandemic hit different people in different ways I always make sure I spend enough time with my family it is the priority at the top of my brain and, and I do that because um, I look at one of uh, an iconic character I wouldn't call him popular I'd just say he's an iconic character that people reference all the time Steve Jobs right yeah. so people talk about Steve Jobs a lot and how brilliant Apple was he was terrible to his family he like didn't you know he, 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 like even when he knew he had a daughter that he, he didn't say he had for a long time he still didn't try and grow that relationship but I remember learning from that I remember hearing that story and looking at that going well that'll never be me and then 
I, you hear about all these rich people who ultimately their kids are in boarding schools. They don't even really know their kids. So for me, I made a rule that I would always spend enough time with my kids. Mm. So even when I'm traveling a lot, I'm mindful of when I come home to you know go away for a weekend with them or just at home sitting at a table and play board games with them. Do you know what I mean? The simple things. So like last weekend, we went away for three days and literally... I mean, this this is like this is hilarious. We literally just went to the room every night and played like card games, and we brought down Monopoly and stuff. But I, it's a great thing to do with yeah. the kids, you know. It's just having fun, you know. Uh, do, so, do you when you say normal things? I mean, are, are you like me? Then you find yourself on on sidelines at weekends coaching yep. teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't yeah. know how that happened, by the way. Like, I, I never played rugby, and now all of a sudden I'm in, I'm the under 11s rugby coach for my son. I'm like, okay, you got to learn this pretty quick now. And, and uh, but it's great. I actually, look forward to that now. Because, look, in the world I'm in, as you know, you know, I'm performing a lot. And you do have to always be switched on. Uh, but, you know, when you're just training with a, a bunch of kids and you're with other parents and they learn to treat you just as a normal it parent. No, yeah, it normalises you, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I love it. Like, it, I'm just one of the lads now, uh, one of the coaches, and and we have a lot of fun. But but the weird thing is, I don't like getting up that early on a Saturday and Sunday. I mean, I don't know if you've found that, but like literally every Saturday and Sunday, I'm up at half seven in the morning for those yeah, early matches. I know, you know? yeah. We had hurling one day, camogie the other, or soccer, or rugby, or whatever it happened to be. There's always, there's always something on a Saturday and Sunday But the kids Sunday are doing morning. way too much. My daughter just gave up basketball yesterday she decided that herself because she's got like 10 after school activities it's does she like, yeah yeah she does karate she does uh, you know um, uh, art she does uh, drama uh, you know there's just so much going on and the same with him he's doing mm. uh, Gaelic now he's doing hurling he's doing soccer like everything you know what I mean yeah we, we had this great idea that we cap it at three. We thought like three was enough for them to be doing and already we kind of think we're we're denying them though all these other sports that their friends are doing. You know, they're back. But well, you I'm, are. You are. We're, we're, ter- we're, ter- we're terrible parents is what you're saying, Keith. We're terrible parents. I actually think you're right. I think they, they might, my two are doing far too much, actually. But, you know, I don't want to stop them either. Like, that's yeah. their choice. Uh, but the problem I'm having is my daughter, 13, she's in her first year in secondary school. Like, at midnight, I'm coming in from my cabin uh, where I'm doing a lot of my work and she's still up doing her homework because she's done, after doing all these after school yeah. activities and that's a bit of a problem too, you know. Uh, wait, sorry, when you mentioned the work you're doing in the cabin, uh, there's a tour coming up. Yeah, like I was finally, thank God, I'm so excited to get back on stage. So it's called Reconnected for obvious reasons and it starts on April 29th up in Galway and then I'm literally going to every single county pretty much all around Ireland. Um, so I look really excited just to get back on a stage because it's in my DNA. But imagine this, you're in a theatre, right? Mm. And immediately when I walk out, I'm going to teach half of the audience how to hack into the other half of the audience's brains. <laughs> and I've never done that. I've never done that. It's brand new. So... Whoever you're there with, your mother, your brother, your father, your sister, mm. whoever it is, doesn't matter. Imagine that you have the ability right there and then to hack into their brains. That's happening. And it's going to have this massive reaction because the people who are doing the hacking, they still won't really understand how they're doing it. And the people who have their brains hacked, they certainly won't know what's going on. So it's going to be a, a huge reaction and a huge, if you think about it, there's no better way to reconnect people. Now, I know mm. I know you're laughing because I, I know what people are thinking. Well, what if they find out a secret that <laughs> yeah, I'm having? Yeah. Like, you know, but no, there's no worries about that that because uh, the person was having their brain hacked they just decide themselves on a singular piece of information that they're happy with revealing, right? Okay, so, yeah. So it can't, it can't result in any divorces on the, on the yeah, night, so right? it's not going to suddenly blurt out no, all no, of their no, dark no. secrets. Um, so, look, and then the show goes on from there. I do things where I, I talk about psychics because I've talked about this a lot. I, I don't believe in psychics personally, um, but ultimately I show people, here's the type of 
like techniques mm. that psychics use in order to make it make you believe that they're talking to the other side and so on. So I've got this thing where I, I take out, for example, uh, a piece of chalkboard like this. So oh, I yeah. have this with me, right? So I've got a chalkboard and I take a piece of chalk and I talk about automatic writing, okay? So automatic writing many, many moons ago was basically where the so-called psychic will put themselves into an altered state of mind, right? Yeah. Uh, and they'd take a chalk and a piece of slate like this. Uh, they would close their eyes and they would literally just scribble something on the piece of slate. All right, so I'm doing it now. You can hear me doing it. Yeah. Okay, and I've just scribbled something there. Okay, you haven't seen what it nope. is, right? So, uh and that's what they would do. And then I would put you into an altered state of mind yourself. Yeah. And then you would start to think of information that I couldn't possibly know. So, for example, let's do this for a second. I want you to actually close. Let's try it. For the okay, crack, right? let's do close it. Close your eyes. Yeah. And uh, Kieran hasn't seen what I've written on the slate. No. Nope. Okay, so I want you to imagine that you're back in school. Okay. You can choose any age you want. I don't mind. Okay. Okay. And I want you to imagine somebody that you haven't seen in years. Just see them in your mind's eye. Okay? Yes. And I want you to imagine that that's somebody that you'd like to reconnect with though. Okay. Like so, so somebody that you actually liked back in school, perhaps a school friend that you've lost contact with. Okay. Um, and now open your eyes. Okay, so just give us, we won't name the person, okay? So give us the initials of the person. What's the initials of the person? Um, PM. PM. Now, was that a, a, somebody that you're actually friendly with? Yeah, yeah, someone in the gang. Because I wrote down something too. seconds ago and I just scribbled it with my chalk. What did I write down? <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like PM. PM. It's, yeah, yeah. It's definitely PM. I'm showing it to your producer too, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's that's the kind of thing, thing that I'll be doing <laughs> yeah. in the show. And, but obviously, you know, with theatrics to it. So people on stage will be automatic writing and and then I'll reconnect. So obviously that was with you with a, a childhood friend just for the purposes of this, but I'll reconnect people. With, I know you're still trying to, I'm sorry, your, still brain trying to work is, out. your brain is trying yeah. to process. Yeah. But, but what I, if I had said that other ladder? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, uh, but people, I'm going to reconnect people to the other side using that. So to the dark side, to the other world. But I'm telling people Openly, this is fake. Okay, it is mm. fake. So I'm doing it almost as a public public service announcement, if you yeah. like. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to do a routine where I connect two people. Uh, okay, I haven't said this anywhere else, so I'll give it to you as okay. an exclusive. I'm going to take the oldest couple in the theatre. Okay. So we'll find the oldest yeah. couple. Uh, or the couple that have been together the longest. So okay. we'll say somebody who's been together 40, 50 years maybe. I'm going to bring them up on stage and I'm going to reconnect them in such a way that there will not be a dry eye in the house. And it's going to be a real feel-good factor in that moment. And that's what the show is about. It's about laughter. It's about having fun. It's about moments of wonder. Mm. But the true essence of it is just for everybody to get into a moment where we're genuinely connected as human beings again, you know? All right. Well, listen, it sounds good. The Reconnected Tour, when is it starting? April 29th at the Black Box in Galway and then it rolls out all over the country from there. Tickets are selling fast. You can look up at keithbarry.com for all the dates. All right, keithbarry.com. If you want to get a ticket, as Keith says, he is going to be all over the country from April 29th, so uh, you'll be able to find them. Their tickets are going fast, so get your hands on them as soon as you can. Uh, Keith, an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cheers. And we will uh, talk to you again soon, I'm sure. That's our lot for today's Hard Shoulder Off The Ball are up next as always my thanks to the production team and I'll be back tomorrow from 4 have a good one folks The Hard Shoulder on Newstalk with Nissan subscribe and drive no deposit no compromise no fuss find out more at nissan.ie